and welcome to episode number 29 of the Random Thoughts Podcast. That's R-A-N-D-U-M-B thoughts.com online. I am your host, Darren O'Neill. On today's show, we're going to be talking about a buddy of mine who passed away a couple of months ago. So I'm going to be telling some stories. I'm also going to be talking about switching from AT&T to Xfinity for our mobile phones. Uh, so the two of those together, I was looking for something to tie them together in a title. And the best thing that I could come up with was chaos. And you'll see why when you hear the stories about my buddy and about what happened when trying to switch from AT&T to Xfinity. Before we get into all that, though, we really need to throw out some health karma to a bunch of folks, which is this is really, really an odd thing that's been going on. A lot of people I know having a lot of problems. I talked about the issues we had with my dad after he had his hip surgery, and that ended up going into the infection that almost killed him. Well, we've got a bunch of people to send health karma to. Uh, our buddy Craig, who I know is listening because he told me he was listening in the hospital to the show, and I hope it helped with the recovery. I'm not sure we have that kind of power, but we really appreciate the dedication that Craig has for the show, always commenting on that. You can find him on Twitter, getting cooked with Craig. Had an infection, really bad stuff. Again, these are things that if they're not caught in time, I mean, literally probably just hours away, he said, from having a really really big issue. So I'm really happy to say it sounds like he's on the mend, doing better. The takeaway is if you have a problem and you feel like something's wrong, do not hesitate. Always go get this kind of stuff checked out. Infections are really, really bad. Our buddy Steve, who's had a few different surgeries, both on his leg where he had a bunch of problems with his knee. Then he had to get rotator cuff surgery because he fell and he hurt his arm. Well, the shoulder wasn't healing very well, so they kept working on different things. Finally realized that the shoulder, even though he wasn't showing any other symptoms, the shoulder had gotten infected to the point to where the infection actually ate away the tendon, so he's going to have to get another tendon put in. I guess he said a uh, probably a pig tendon, so he said you can put all the jokes you want in there, but very very serious stuff with him as well. So we're wishing him a very speedy recovery and to get back on the men because he's dealt with a lot of crap. None of it good. And then another good friend of mine, Mikey in Boston, found out he had both colon and skin cancer, had treatments, took it, you know, biopsies of the lymph node of what they took the stuff out. And that showing is good. So the prognosis is good there as well. But for all of those guys, for Craig, Steve, and Mikey, get better, guys. I mean, this is, we're all getting older. I get it, but there's too much of this stuff going on, and it's just not good. So get better, keep kicking ass, and we're behind you. We're sending out good karma, thoughts, prayers, anything that we can to help out because these guys, uh, these guys are needed, man. We need these guys around. And a guy that I want to talk to you about today is my buddy Ron, who passed away in January at the age of 62, which again, this is kind of hitting me in a weird way because I talked to you a few podcasts ago, actually when we started the podcast, the music that we use for the podcast, my buddy Tom, that had passed away in December a couple of years ago, he was also 62 when he passed away. So it's kind of a very weird thing, age 62, 
I'm going to be 49 in a couple of weeks, so I got some time to go, but it's still way too soon in this day and age to be passing away at the age of 62. But Ron was the epitome of a character. There is absolutely no doubt about it. We had lost touch after he had left town, found a woman, left town. These kind of things happened. But while Ron was around, I mean, it was really a manic experience, but in a good way. He was the kind of guy that would call you maybe twice a day, see what's going on. Hey, kid, what's going on? He was a master at his craft, which was a tile installer. He did all the tile in our house when we bought it. Wouldn't take a penny for it. That was just the kind of guy he was. You could try to give him stuff. No, that was just the way he was. And we hung out quite a lot. And Ron was always the type that he would call me up because I was working out of the house. And he'd call me up and be like, hey, you hungry? And mm, Sure, whatever. And the next thing you know, he would be at the door and he'd be like, well, I'm grilling or I'm cooking. Whatever he was cooking at the time, he would show up with a plate that if he said he, he was making hamburgers, there would probably be 10 hamburgers on the plate when he would show up at the door and be like, here you go. And as quickly as he was here, he was gone. He was the type of guy that really showed me in a lot of ways how not to be an introvert because he was the absolute opposite. He was the, he was the extrovert to the extreme to the point to where he could literally talk to anybody in any situation and just be completely comfortable with it somehow. And that, that always impressed me because to me, I'm, even though I have, I'm kind of boisterous and as you can tell, I like to talk. My wife will tell me I like to hear the sound of my own voice. But when it comes down to it, and in a lot of ways, I think I'm still kind of a shy person. If you were to meet me in person, I'm not the type of person that'll walk into a room walk up to somebody that I've never met before and be like, hey, what's going on? Ron had that personality, and he got away with it to the point to where I remember we went out to a bar, uh, pub, not a uh, more like a Cajun place here in Chicago called Chuck's. And we were seated. Me, It was me, my wife, and Ron. We went out for lunch, and the young waitress came up, maybe 21 years old, somewhere around there, very cute girl. And Ron's immediately like hitting on her and she's just kind of laughing. And he asked her, he's like, well, you know, hey, is your mom single? You know, I mean, this was just the kind of thing. And he would get a laugh off. I mean, there are some guys, you know, you try to some of these lines and you're a little bit forward with it and you're going to get the, hey, you know, you're an asshole. Shut up, get a slap, whatever. Ron always got a laugh somehow. It was just the way he delivered it because he looked like an old gray haired guy. He looked like he would be the type of guy that you wouldn't expect to be. Uh, in any, any kind of threat, but uh, I don't know if that was necessarily the truth. I remember being out one night with them. We were having burritos, and this man and woman, as we were sitting there, they had gotten their order. It was a takeout joint, and they were going to leave, and they're like, hey, Ron, how are you? And they talked to him for about two or three minutes, and they walked out the door, and I'm like, so who was that? And he's like, I have no fucking idea. He was a tile installer, so I mean, he was in and out of people's lives, you know, he would do a job that would most of these tile jobs, you know, take two, three days, you know, maybe a week if it's a bigger job. But he'd be in and out of people's lives like that all the time. And I think he left an impression on every one of them because it was like he was having it. He was like he was doing a performance every time that you saw him. He was just a very boisterous, 
a very fun guy. And I mean, there was some dark sides as well, but those are the kind of things that, you know, looking back on, they were more few and far between, but they could be serious. He had, you know, he'd like to drink and that could be a problem. Once he started going out with the woman that he ended up marrying, I remember a time where he started drinking and she wasn't happy about that. So she hid all of his shoes because I guess in her mind that was going to keep him from leaving the house. Instead, he just called me up, said he needed to go to the bank and I was his buddy. I mean, I was, you know, didn't want to there. Sometimes you can, you can have the, you can have the sense where you can tell somebody that to do something and you, you know what you sh- what they should do, but you also know that they're not going to listen to you at that particular juncture and that trying to push them in that direction might actually just alienate them more and cause more of a problem. Well, this was kind of one of those situations. So I call, you know, he calls me up, I pick him up and he wants me to take him to the bank because he needs to get some money and he doesn't have shoes. So he was wearing like shower sandals or something. I mean, it was just, it was a very odd sight to say the least. So it's the summer, so he's in shorts and a t-shirt and these shower sandals, and obviously had had a couple of drinks. So I take him to the bank, and he's like, well, his girlfriend, which would end up being his wife, hit all of his shoes and his wallet. Somehow, obviously, he must have banked at this place enough. He walks into a bank in, like, shower sandals and uh, in a story, I'm sure, and walks out with some cash. And I wonder, I mean, I should, I kind of wished I would have gone in with him because I wanted to know how this went down. I want to know how you walk into a bank without ID and shorts and shower sandals and walk out with some cash. But that was his personality, man. People just liked him. They gravitated towards him. He was the ultimate in just making everybody that he was around feel good. And I mean, we know we, you know, we hear all this stuff all the time that these, you know, a lot of times those are the people who are hurting the most inside and you try to, you know, you try to get to it, but he wasn't a guy that was very open with that kind of stuff. You know, there were a couple times where he needed our help. We were there, but I mean, it wasn't a big deal. Uh, And Ron brought so much to the people that were around him. We just had, I mean, if we wanted to go anywhere, if you're like, Hey, there's this new, uh, Costa Rican restaurant up on the north side, you'd be like, well, let's go. He loved barbecue, which who doesn't love barbecue? I don't know about you, but I love barbecued ribs. In Chicago, we have quite a few places that are that are decent barbecued ribs. And Ron had a theory, and I certainly can't disprove it. His theory was the thicker the bulletproof glass, the worse the neighborhood, the better the ribs. So he would look for the place that we'd look online, he'd find a barbecued rib place that he wanted to go check out, and he'd, he'd go get the ribs. He didn't care how bad the neighborhood was. I think his theory was anybody we're going to look at him you know, and see the crazy old white guy in the beat-up truck and just kind of figure he was probably, one, not worth dealing with, but if he was, he's probably so crazy that you want absolutely none of that. And I think that that personality of his just got him through life in a way that he was, you know, kind of bulletproof in in certain areas. I mean, it kind of reminded me of the old Steve Martin bit, which was if you're walking down the street 
and you see a couple of guys coming up to you that you're pretty sure are going to roll you, you know, they're going about to mug you. Well, just start like singing to yourself and wet yourself. Cause he's like, nobody's going to want to deal with that. And to a certain extent, I think that's kind of what Ron put out there. He was just always so happy, go lucky, would talk to anybody, could say anything to anybody. And, uh, you know, I think that worked for him. I mean, it really did. You know, even with his wife or then wife, girlfriend, girlfriend, then wife after that hit his shoes and hit his wallet, it wasn't going to stop him from going and getting some money at the bank. So that was the kind of personality that he had. Uh, he was the first person that was either brave enough or, or crazy enough to put a loaded gun in my hand. It was all legal. Nothing to worry about. We went to a shooting range and Ron loved to test out a bunch of different guns. And he was always the guy that he always grabbed for the bill too. This was, he was the hardest guy in the world. If you ever wanted to take him out anywhere and pay for anything, you kind of had to work it out with the people in advance or somehow get, you know, distract him because he was the quickest guy in the world to grab a check and just always wanted to be the life of the party. And, you know, Hey, he lived the life that he wanted. One of his our other friends who knew him very well after finding out that he had passed away, she said, one thing I can tell you about Ron is he had no regrets. He lived the life that he wanted. And that's the way I have to look at this. You know, at 62 years old, you say it's way too soon, but I can tell you that he enjoyed his life. I can tell you that he lived every minute to the fullest and he just didn't care. There were things that you thought everybody else in the world would care about. And he, he was just the opposite. He cared about people. He didn't care about things. He has a son. I remember when our, when our sump pump went out here and you know, some pumps are what, maybe a couple hundred bucks, something like that. And he had a house that was underwater figuratively, not, not actually, cause then he would really needed the sump pump, but he knew that he was just leaving this house behind. He had already been out of the house and I'm like, Hey, our sump pump failed. I have to get a new one. He's like, Hey, no, don't do that. I'm, I'll go, I'll go to the house. And he'll, he pulled the sump pump out of the house that he was just leaving behind you know, not making any more payments. It kind of reminded me of office space when the, you know, the lead character is Jennifer Anderson. They asked him, well, you know, he said, I'm not, not just, I don't think I'm going to go back to work anymore. And she's like, so you're quitting. And he's like, no, no, I just don't think I'm going back. Well, that's pretty much what Ron did with the house. I know that's, there was a time a lot of people were doing that, but uh, so you're, you're just not paying your mortgage anymore. I'm just, I'm just walking away. He went into the house pulled the sump pump out and brought it over here so we could install it here. But that was just the way that Ron was. But taking us to the gun range, you know, again, that was a very brave thing for him to do. So now we kind of associate that with him. And it's something that, you know, I'll, I'll always remember. He was, the, he was the first guy that said, hey, here, you know, try this. Try the 22. And I remember because he had his kids 22. So we shot the 22 off and it's just like, yeah, okay, you know, this is nothing. If you ever shot a twenty two, I mean, it's kind of like a cap gun. You know, and then he had rented a, uh, what was it, a forty five Magnum, right? I mean, a forty five or a revolver. And it's like, yeah, well, here, try this. And bam, that thing just kind of blew up. You know, you see my hand just go flying up, and you're not ready for that kind of kick the first time you get it. And you look over at Ron, and he's just laughing because that was him. And he was, he was the guy that told me all about 
going to, we always kidded him that this should be, this was when he was a single guy. We always kidded him what his calling in life was to do tours down to Costa Rica, where he liked to go now and then and have a lot of fun, to the hotel called the Del Rey, which I guess is where all the gringo guys go to party with all of the Costa Rican hookers, for lack of a better, nicer term. That's where he liked to go, have a lot of fun. And the stories that we heard about that place, well, that may go for a more X-rated podcast, but needless to say, Ron had a whole lot of fun in his life. We went with him to a Pogues concert, and I know he was really bummed about this because we were at a Pogues concert in Chicago. It was me, my wife, Ron, and his girlfriend, who then turned into his wife, and we were at the Pogues concert. And if you, if you don't know the Pogues, they're Irish punk. The crowds can get a little bit boisterous. And we're having fun. The band's rocking. And the next thing I know, this girl that's maybe about five foot four or so next to me comes just like slamming into me. Beer flies everywhere. Gets me 80% of it and like 20% on my wife. Ron is like two feet in front of us. He's looking forward at the stage, has no idea this is going on. Ron's girlfriend sees what's going on, turns and looks. I look at the bitch who had the beer that just spilled all over, and I'm like, what the fuck? And she said something to me. I don't know what it was. I know it wasn't pleasant. I can guarantee you that. And whatever she said to me, my wife just kind of pushed me out of the way and put this chick on the ground. I mean, just wasn't a punch, but it was two hands to the chick's shoulders. That chick goes on her ass, looks up scared, runs away. Ron's girlfriend. I think there was a combination of both fear and appreciation in her eyes at what she had just witnessed. But it was a Pogues concert, man. These are the kind of things that I think you expect at the Pogues concert. And we were walking to the car, and, and, uh, and Ron's girlfriend, then wife, said something about all of the action. He said, hey, why didn't you tell me? What, I missed this? And that was the best part of the whole show. It's like, well, it happened pretty quick. I mean, we didn't really have a chance to go, hey, look, my wife's about to kick this chick's ass. So I know he was bummed that he missed that, but that may be about the only regret that he ever had in his life. So he was definitely a guy who burned the candle at both ends. He's a personality that... Well, there'll always be part of it, you know, that little voice that you hear sometimes in your head every now and then for me, it's Ron. And, and sometimes it's telling me to do the things that I should. But most of the times I think it's just saying, fuck it, go have fun. And that's what I will take from Ron. And we rest in peace, brother. We will always remember the good times. And, uh, and I'm still shooting. So, uh, we haven't, we, his, his thought was always putting the gun in my hand because he also put it in my wife's hand at the same time. He always said he had the, the mental image. If you've ever seen the movie Mr. and Mrs. Smith, he's kind of like, well, you guys will never get divorced, but I can see your marriage ending like this with like both of you sliding across the wooden floors in your house while shooting at each other. Hopefully, that's not the way it's going to go, Ron. Uh, so, uh, 
we'll, we'll, we'll keep that one on the, on the back burner, but definitely a guy with a very big personality and he definitely will be missed. So I hope to not have to keep doing these kind of shows talking about friends passing on. I mean, stick around people. We need to keep having fun and we need to keep you all around. So all those people that we had health karma, more health karma going out to you right now. And, uh, and Ron will miss you, buddy. But let me talk a little bit now about the, the fun time that I had switching over from AT&T Mobile to Xfinity Mobile. Part of this was really easy. Part of this was really way harder than it had to be. And if you think Xfinity is going to be the bad guy in the story, they're not. Well, they're a little bit, but they're not overall compared to AT&T. Xfinity is coming off of this one really, really smelling like a rose. So it all started easy enough. We wanted to switch over. We had been on a family plan with my parents forever. Nobody in our house really uses any data. So we decided, hey, you know what? Let's see how cheap we can get this on AT&T. Even if you drop down to their plan, which was three gig a month, it was like $120 plus taxes and everything else for the four lines. The comparative amount of data had Xfinity, 36 bucks. So there's more than enough of a difference to where it's like, you know what, it's worth buying some new phones because we couldn't bring our phones for some reason. You can't bring your own Android phones yet to Xfinity. But my parents each had iPhones. Those could be brought. So my wife and I ordered new Android phones. I know they're going to be spying on me. That's okay. We'll do what we can to stay off of their grid there. But we know, as we talked about in a previous episode, that's really, really hard to do. But this was easy enough to order the two phones from Xfinity, got them in the mail, the process to get them activated online absolutely sucked. I went through the process online, put the information in for my phone. I got to the screen where it says, click here to activate, except the click here to activate button was still grayed out. Couldn't do anything to actually get that to be non-grayed out for it to work. So I rebooted the, you know, rebooted the browser, thought that would help. That took away any options to do the online activation, which annoyed me a little bit, but I'm like, okay, I understand sometimes the online stuff doesn't work. I pressed the little chat button, did nothing. Tried another browser, the chat button did nothing. Tried Internet Explorer, the chat button brought open a window to fill in your name and the problem, but the button that said chat now did nothing. So Xfinity, your online portion of this really, 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 really sucks. I called the number, spoke to a nice girl named Gabby who sounded like she was from the South and not from India, which, hey, I don't mind call centers in India. That's not a major rant of mine as long as I can understand the people and they can understand me. I do have a problem anytime I call for uh, any kind of service and the people on the other end of the phone speak the language so poorly that they can't understand me and vice versa, because that really isn't giving me any service. It's just causing me to get angry. So I got my phone and I got it activated and that was all good. My wife got home, we got her phone activated and that was all good, except it looked like there was a scratch on the screen. The, the bottom line with this one is one, Xfinity said they'd have somebody call us back within 72 hours. That never happened. Two, we figured out there wasn't actually a scratch on the screen. We were both blind. Well, I'm half blind, but there was still a plastic little 
covering, you know, the little protective thing that comes with the phones on the front, even though it was laser cut really well and there was no tab to peel it off. The back, you know, the, the same type of covering for the back of the phone, there was a huge tab to take it off. I don't know why that didn't exist on the front. You know, if they thought people were going to leave that thing on, I don't know. I don't think you're normally supposed to, but that was the part that had a little bit of a damage. So I'm going to kind of ding Xfinity for that because as far as they still know, we got a damaged phone and they never called us back. Well, the first thing the woman said was, did you buy the insurance? And I said, well, no, it's a brand new phone, but that's all irrelevant. The phone is actually fine. We were just dumb and didn't know that there was still a plastic coating on the front of the Samsung screen. This is where things get a little bit harder because we took my parents' two iPhones into the Xfinity store for what we thought was going to be, you know, a 20-minute experience because all they really need is your AT&T account information and they throw a new SIM card in the iPhones and boom, you're on Xfinity. Well, the first thing was the iPhones weren't unlocked, although I thought they were. I should have checked that before I left the house. Understandably, that was probably my fault. But a phone, uh, we went to do it online to unlock the phones, and it was giving an error saying, well, you know, the IMEI number is not matching the phone number, blah, blah, blah. So we decide we have to call in. So I give the phone to my mom because it was still on their account. They were now moving. This is kind of like the, you know, the great uh, migration because we're now going from my wife and I being on my parents' family line, you know, and where they had paid the bill for us and never, you know, they didn't want to take money and all that. Well, now it was our turn to be like, tell you what, we'll put your phones on ours because, well, the one, they don't use any gigs, so it's nearly free. So not like we're going to have to pay a whole lot, but the very least, it's like we're trying to return the favor. You know how that goes. So my mom calls up AT&T and is like, well, I need to get these two phones unlocked. The first one was no problem. The second one, it took them a little bit longer and she was getting a little bit testy with them because she had somewhere to be. She had a hair appointment and you know, to be fair, we thought this was going to be a little bit of a quick thing. Turned out not to be so much. So she was getting a little bit testy with them. And the woman on the other end of the phone was like, well, okay, they're unlocked. Now, do you want me to, do you want me to cancel these lines? And my mom said, yes, wrong thing to say, because within literally seconds, AT&T had canceled their cell portion of their account. They still have direct TV with them and landlines, which I keep telling them, cancel, cancel, cancel. But they still have those things with them. But they canceled the cell phone so quick that the Xfinity rep trying to port their number over 60 seconds after my mom hung up the phone with them got an error saying that phone number's dead. It no longer exists in the system because the nice folks at AT&T decided they were going to yank the account before it could be ported over. This is where the fun really, really started. At first, they told her there was absolutely nothing they could do, that the account had been canceled, and she tried to explain to them that the account was literally canceled moments before, and she just told the people that she was moving from AT&T to Xfinity. Obviously, maybe the people at AT&T didn't like that. It had to get up the chain. She asked to talk to somebody else. She finally gave the phone to me because they start saying something like, well, it was their system or they, just the way their system works, because then they were saying they were going to have to do a credit check. And my mom's like, well, how long is that going to take? And they're like, well, we don't really know. 
So she hands the phone to me and I put the people on speakerphone. And this is where the Xfinity rep started having a good time because she was watching me just chew the ass off the people at AT AT&T as I asked them if they were nuts that they wanted to do a credit check in order to reinstate a line that they knew we were going to cancel five minutes later after they were ported over to Xfinity. But this was the answer we were getting from AT&T. How long will that take then? Go ahead, do your credit check. How long will that take? I don't know. Can you give us a number we can call you back at? And I'm like, no, we're in a store. We need this done and we need it done now. And they're like, well, we, I really can't give you a time. Search. So I just kept going up the chain because I was not a very happy camper. This took in the long scheme of things here. It took about an hour until they got us to the retentions department, or I think AT&T calls it the loyalty department. Because the last person that I got before the loyalty department was a complete and utter moron. Because I said, you know what? I've gone into AT&T stores before to get a brand new phone, and it took literally seconds. I'm sure each one of you listening probably has a cell phone. At some point, you walked into a store to get that, and it was never like, hey, yeah, we'll call you back tomorrow when your credit check goes through. So I asked the woman, I'm like, are you, are you fucking nuts that you want to do a credit check on somebody that's been a customer of AT&T and DirecTV? They're all one big company with the home phone, DirecTV, and with the cell phones, with all of those things together. My parents have been paying them like 450 bucks a month for years. And I'm like, are you really telling me you want me to fucking cancel everything right now? Because you can't do this. Something that you screwed up with one touch of a button that literally took you a second. You're telling me you want me to cancel all. I'm like, here are your choices. One, I'm going to either tell you to cancel everything that's remaining on the account. Or two, you're going to get this fixed now. She told me, the woman that I was talking to at the time, well, the next person's going to give you the same answer, but I'll transfer you. The loyalty department was like, I understand. I can do that for you. Can you please hold? Three minutes later, the first phone was reinstated to the account. Three minutes after that, the second phone was reinstated to the account, and they were able to be ported over. All I can say is AT&T, worst customer service that I have seen in a long, long time. And hell, I used to work at Radio Shack in Circuit City, and I saw some really bad customer service go on over the years. AT&T This really has to take the cake when you know a customer is calling up to get the phones unlocked, to get their number ported over to another service, and you delete them from the system. So at this point, all the cell phones are over. You know, the insane ear bleeding that happened because of this whole situation, it'll die down and all that because Xfinity, their reps in the store were great. Like I said, I think we amused them. Like the girl, when we got there, I think was should have been just about leaving for lunch, and we took about two hours of her time. So I hope we at least amused her with the verbal berating that I was giving to AT&T on the phone because it did get a lot of chuckles, as well as from some of the other people in the store, which there were only a couple. I wasn't trying to be a nuisance. I definitely wasn't trying to hurt the Xfinity folks or cause a scene. But I really thought this was kind of a public kind of uh, performance that we were doing. So I put the AT&T people on the speakerphone 
And at one point, the woman put us on hold, and I don't think she realized that we could hear her because all of a sudden she was speaking, and it was obviously over in India. And whatever she was saying, everybody's just laughing like, ha stupid customer, right? Well, AT&T, I can tell you, hiring these kinds of people and having these kind of call centers are going to do nothing but run people away from your business. And at least my parents now, their bill is down from like 450 bucks a month. So now after all the phones are gone, that should be under 300. Once we get the home phones away, that should be under 200. We just have to convince my dad that DirecTV is not really necessary anymore that he can go to Xfinity and still get the baseball package. And I'm not saying that Xfinity Comcast is the best company in the world. I've had some issues with Xfinity in the past, but overall found them in the long run to have decent support reps. And I know they get a bad rep and some people are like, um, you're nuts, dude. There's no way I've had some decent luck personally. And I can also give you a little bit of a pro tip here. If you are an Xfinity customer, and you're having a problem, go to the folks on the Xfinity Twitter account. I know that seems crazy, but they're the ones who have always been able to help me. Go to them. They're the ones you need if you really have a problem with Xfinity. With AT&T, I think they're probably well beyond any kind of being able to be repaired at this point. My dad likes DirecTV because they had the MLB package. There were years that Comcast didn't, Xfinity didn't. So now. Since that is out of the way, maybe we can get them over because the bill should be a whole lot cheaper. I mean, I pay next to nothing for home phones. They still have two home phones that I think they're paying like 80 bucks a month for the two of them together. I use UMA and we have two phone lines. Granted, they both ring the same phones, but I think we pay a grand total of about uh, with taxes and everything else. I think about 130, 140 bucks a year. I think UMA is like 100, 120 dollars plus the taxes. So you really, they could save a ton of money moving over to that. So one step at a time, get off the evil AT and T. They're way, way too expensive, especially when their service sucks, monkey nuts like that. It's just horrible, horrible, horrible service. Thank you, AT and T. I'm glad we're no longer a customer. With that said. You can tell that I have a tendency to enjoy ranting and raving every now and then. One, it, it's a very cathartic experience. So thank you because you let me rant. I don't have to go lay on a couch and talk to a shrink or something like that. So I appreciate you letting me rant. But this show isn't completely about rants. I don't like to do that all the time. I mean, sometimes it's fun, but I'm launching a new show. If you're a No Agenda Stream listener, believe it or not, we're going to be starting a show with Sir Bemrose called Grumpy Old Benz. If you're a No Agenda listener, you know the term. If you're a guy that is a tech guy, you're a dude named Ben. If you're a chick that knows tech stuff, you're a dudette named Bernadette. But Sir Bemrose is a tech guy. I'm a tech guy from way back. So this is the name we came up with, Grumpy Old Benz. We're going to be bringing you a series of shows where Sir Pembrose can let loose. I heard he really enjoys ranting even more than I do. So it's going to be a contest, and we're going to see how this goes. It's going to be a fun experiment, and at some point, we'll start doing some live shows on the No Agenda stream, I'm sure, once Sir Pembrose gets his feet wet. This is his first foray into podcasting, so we're going to kind of let him stick that big toe in. Find out that the water's warm. Find out that you listeners are awesome and supportive 
So give Sir Bemrose a big virtual hug the next time you see him in the No Agenda chat room and wish him well. And this his foray into podcasting, I think he's going to do absolutely great. And we can't let Mark and George have all the fun. We got to have a little bit of fun on the No Agenda stream. And we're planning on doing that with Sir Ryan Bemrose. I had to learn his first name. I always call him Sir Bemrose. I'm going to have to stop that on the podcast because otherwise, you know, it's going to kind of seem like, yes, my lord. Yes, yes, Sir Bemrose. Yes, Sir Bemrose. No, we're going to just have to start getting used to calling him Ryan, whether he likes it or not. Maybe he'll have a whole rant about that. So watch for that. It'll be coming. Grumpy old Ben's, hopefully to get that thing recorded sometime in the next week or so. Who knows how long editing will take. And uh, get that up for your listening pleasure. So hopefully you like what you're hearing here on the Random Thoughts Podcast. Even if you hate what you're hearing, feel free to reach out to us. It's on Twitter. The show's Twitter is Random Podcast, R-A-N-D-U-M-B Podcast. My personal Twitter, Darren O'Neill, D-A-R-R-E-N-O-N-E-I-L-L. You can get us on the website, randomthoughts.com, R-A-N-D-U-M-B thoughts.com. And you can also email us at randomthoughtspodcast, again, R-A-N-D-U-M-B thoughtspodcast at gmail.com. Let me know what you like. Let me know what you hate. Any comments, criticisms, they're all certainly welcome. So until next time, I want to thank you for listening. Thank you for letting me have a whole lot of fun behind this microphone. And to my buddy Ron, I hope he was in heaven at least a half hour before the devil knew he was dead. And I hope he's enjoying a nice, meaty slab of ribs. Later. Later.